He likes to say, only God determines the time and place of my death. Welcome to A Kind and Gentle Word. I'm Jordan, and today we have a special guest, my dad. My dad, Greg Lewis, is a missionary. For him, this means he travels to the ends of the world telling people about Jesus. Some of them have never even heard the name before. He goes to places that most people would rather not go, or they think the country or even the people are too dangerous. He has his own ministry called Go and Tell. He's funded by churches and individuals with a 501c3. That means it's a nonprofit. So that's a write-off. Who pays for it? Nobody. You write it off. He also has a YouTube channel, which I will link in the description. Go Greg Lewis. I edit together all the footage he brings home from his trips, so I'm very biased when I say the videos are incredible. And um, so I have my dad right here with me. Hi, Dad. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. So I know that you have a ridiculous amount of stories because you've been a missionary for over a decade. You've had this ministry for over a decade, so there's almost too many stories to tell. But we're going to focus in on just one that impacts me and gives me those little full body chills every single time I hear it. And that's about, um, I don't even know what to title your story. The man who came to kill you, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And um, I'm definitely not exaggerating when I say that. Well, I like to tell this story with the title of The Man That Had an Encounter with Jesus. Uh, Years ago, I was invited to uh, Bangladesh to a secret location. The pastor we were working with invited 36 first-generation Christians to a secret location. Well, 36 showed up, but one turned out not to be a Christian. He was uh, a Muslim imam. And a Muslim imam, best I understand, is a high-ranking Muslim that has the ability to interpret the Quran for you. And and so he's a powerful man. And he found out I was there, and the reason he came was was to kill me. The Bible says in John 10.10, the first part of that sentence, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, Jordan, that guy came to kill me that day. He heard I was preaching about Jesus and wanted to stop to that. Everybody started showing up uh, the night before. The next day, we were having a full-day conference. And this man went to sleep wherever he was sleeping. I don't know. Early on in his sleep, he had a dream. And a man dressed in white came to in his to him in his dream. Oh, and it greatly disturbed him. He, In fact, so much, he couldn't go back to sleep. He tossed and turned because this man dressed in white visited him in his dream that night. Well, nevertheless, the next morning he came to the little conference uh, to kill me. And one of the other uh, former Muslim believers said, can I go first? Now, sure, there's no order to this. He stood up and opened the Quran, which is the the Bible of the uh, people that follow Muhammad. And he started teaching from that Quran about Isa as the true Messiah. Isa is Jesus, the true Messiah, right there in their Quran. And he was teaching how to witness to the other Muslims in the area when they go back home. Well, that man that came to kill me realized after hearing all these things that 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 was Isa that came to him in the night in the dream that woke him up and that, that disturbed him dressed in white. But after hearing all these things, he wanted to follow Jesus, stop following Muhammad and follow Jesus. But he thought to himself, what? I'll, I may lose my inheritance if I follow this Jesus. I may lose my family. I may lose my life. But he was so moved 
by this encounter with Jesus that he decided to follow Jesus. Well, I have a picture before and a picture after of that man uh, just 12 hours later, and you can clearly see the joy, the peace, and the light of Jesus shining from his eyes and his nice little smile. Uh, and we learned about all this later on in the day when he told the other men, because they didn't know each other, they were all, there's not many uh, Christians in that country, so they came in from around the country, met each other for the first time, many of them. And, uh, and so he told them what he had come to do and what had happened to him. Well, let's fast forward six months. Uh, uh, I was in the capital of uh, Bangladesh, Dhaka is the capital. This is 11 hours away from where I was uh, teaching where this man decided to follow Jesus rather than Muhammad. The way that it works, they pull up in a car with tinted glass, they run down the alleyway and check, and they, and they come back, okay, go, go, go. And I run down that alleyway to the little secret church. As I'm running down the alleyway, there comes the man that opened the Quran and taught, taught his Isa as the true Messiah. His name was Lion. He looked like a lion. His hair was big. His beard was big. He, this guy looked like a lion. Good name for him. And anyway, I said, Lion. And he looked around, you know, shaking left and right. He didn't want to be seen with me. I understood that. But I said, I know you got to go. But one question. Whatever happened to that man that decided to follow Jesus rather than Muhammad? And he looked at me and said, oh, they killed him two weeks later for becoming a Christian. Two months later for becoming a Christian. And off he went. I'm like, Whoa, uh, you guys hearing my voice? These are the people I get to hang out with. I, I, I spend time in the United States, of course. It's a hard mission field here. People aren't hungry. Over there, they're willing to give up their inheritance, their family, even their own lives to follow this Jesus. Once they hear about him, once they have that encounter, nothing can ever be the same, that you either go deeper into the darkness or you step into the light with Jesus. Mm. And that's my story of the encounter that man had uh, with Jesus in Bangladesh. It just, that story never gets old. And it shouldn't um, because, you know, like you said, here in America, we're just, we're just living life. And we're just taking everything for granted. A lot of people call that first world problems of like we get upset about something small. But really, we're so sheltered here. Everything is gray. But on the mission field, especially in places like Bangladesh, Africa, Mongolia, wherever it is that you're going, everything becomes very black and white. The more you pour into Jesus, the more that you read the scripture, that gray begins to fade and becomes so sharp in black and white that even while living in a first world country, you're able to see as if you were living in a third world. And those black and white differences of seeing through Christ's eyes rather than just through our own human eyes become so clear. So the thought of losing your life for Jesus sounds really scary, but there's a quiet confidence that comes from that. One of our best friends, his name is Wayne Wiseman. Love that man. Hi, Wayne. <laughs> Hi, Wayne. <laughs> I hope he listens. I would be I, I'm almost like, like giddy to think that he could hear it just because... Um, I respect him and admire him so much. He likes to say, only God determines the time and place of my death. Now that might sound super intense to some of you, like, well, yeah, obviously, but also, oh no. But however, that one phrase, even myself, with as much anxiety as I carry around, actually calms me. And I'm like, that's right. God knows each moment that you're taking a breath on this earth 
And that man that came with negative intentions became a follower of Christ. So when he was killed for his beliefs, he went to heaven to be with that Jesus that he gave his life for. That's incredible. I mean, that's when people say, oh, I, I hope I go quietly in my sleep like Rose at the end of the Titanic. No, you want to go out right. You want to go out with your last breath, calling out to the Lord, knowing him and making him known. So I hope this story actually encourages you to be bold just in the place where you are right now. You don't have to be the person that gets on a plane and goes far away with a passport into the scariest, darkest places, or even the more fun places like Mexico. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But right here where you are, in line for Starbucks, at your desk, at work, allow the power of God to flow through you and he'll lead you to the right person and he'll give you the right words to say in the right moment. I mean, I was literally talking about this podcast this morning at work and the client that I was talking to stopped everything and she said, I needed to hear that scripture for a friend of mine. So not only are you, it's encouraging me, I'm going to share it even more. I mean, that's beautiful. That's the way it should be. Well, I began a scripture in, in my speaking, John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the second part, the second part's for you. Jesus came to bring life and life abundantly. Although that man only lived a couple months after that, he had the abundant life. And life is more than just now. He will spend eternity in heaven uh, because of that love relationship with God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you want to see the images of the man who before and after (laughs) followed Christ, this same episode will also be available on YouTube. Life in Italics with an X is the channel name. But of course, you can just search for A Kind and Gentle Word, the title of this podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for having me. And I have so many more stories. I hope you'll have me back. (laughs) Many more times. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.